You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you today on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Going to get a little bit of rain, I guess, tonight. Hey, let me ask you this question. Have you thought about, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in life. In fact, one of the, one of the I didn't even get to the question. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, <laughs> let me ask you this question 10 minutes later. No, I'll try not to do that. I know I do that sometimes. The, I got to speak this weekend at a church on the book of Job, and one of the things that I said in this that we can learn from Job, one of the reasons that the Apostle James tells us about Job, that we should look to him for perseverance, to look to God, is because we're going to go through things in life. And if you want to have the faith of Job, if you want to have the ability to persevere and to get through things like Job, you've got to have a God-sized God. Meaning you really got to trust in the Lord. And with me is a guest. Her name is Katie Smith, and she has a story that she's going to tell how she dealt with childhood trauma and where this has led her today in the Lord. I think you'll be encouraged by it. Katie, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. You with me, Katie? All right, hold on. We'll try to get Katie. We, We sort of have her, but we sort of don't. I see her name on the screen there. You know, she, you know, a lot of us are going through, go through different than Katie. You with me? Yep, I'm here. All right, Katie, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Pastor Scott. It is an honor. Well, you know, Katie, tell me a little bit about where you're at, you know, just briefly today. What do you do today? Mm -hmm. And then I want you to uh, tell us your story and what God has done in your life. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, It is such an honor to be here today. I get so excited every single day because I get to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ and those who are you know, on the on the edge of trying to follow Jesus or wanting to learn who God is, I get to encourage them to say yes to Him. It is such an honor and a joy. So I am a speaker, author, and coach. Uh, Friday mornings, you can find me at the local middle school speaking to the FCA club, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Club. I think it's great that there's a middle school fellowship Christian Ath- of Christian Athletes Club. And mm-hmm. you know what? What a what a great thing! And there's so much to talk about, even with that. But I was going to ask the audience a question today: How do you get through the traumas mm-hmm. and the crucibles that come into our life? And when you were in the seventh grade, you had mm-hmm. a, uh, or maybe it was a sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade. You had a significant mm-hmm. event. Tell us about your story. Tell us what happened and uh, what you went through. Yeah. So um, at the beginning of sixth grade, I had actually just gotten baptized and just decided that I wanted to live wholeheartedly for Jesus and was walking to school early one day. Um, They were having a can crushing competition, you know, Southern California, we love our recycling. And uh, (laughs) so we were going to crush some cans. And um, my mom said, don't go too early. Usually my brother walked to school with me. But that day he got suspended from school for fighting. And um, I just couldn't resist the draw of, of going early, being with my friends, and, um, and having fun. And I disobeyed my mom and uh, was followed by a complete stranger, kidnapped and raped on the back of the hillside of my middle school. Now, this happened at uh, the middle school here in, uh, in San Diego, Southern California, right. La Mesa. That's right. Yeah, if, if, you, if your listeners know uh, Junior Seau, he sponsored the sports field that is that is right above the hillside where the attack happened. Yeah, he um, was a very it, uh, popular San Diego Charger back when they were the San Diego Chargers and back in the day. 
Mm, yes, we were we remember him fondly, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, locally, that's where it happened. Um, you know, the community had never experienced anything like that before, and I remember Scott looking up at the sky and just praying. You know, I tried to fight off the attacker. I had gone through Dare, you know, drug alcohol resistance education training, like right. at two different schools. So I thought this guy was a drug pusher when I realized that it was something much more, um, well, I don't know if it's much more, da- I think they're both dangerous. But anyway, um, when I realized what was going to happen to me, I, I did freak out. And I was like, Lord Jesus, you've got to get me out of the situation. And if you do, I will do anything you want me to do with my life. And, um, you know, the Lord, we can't really bargain with God. I, I don't recommend praying that prayer, actually. Right. But but I knew enough to know that he was with me, and he did. He got me through that event, and I reported that guy immediately. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did this become public? Is this something that people mm-hmm. knew about at the time? They did, yes. Um, your listeners from San Diego might remember Carol LeBeau and Channel 10 and all the local news covered this story because it was such an anomaly. You know, usually, if a, a, unfortunately, if a rape or an attack happens, especially to someone that age, it's by someone they know and a family member, which is horrendous, and we want that to stop. Um, but in my case, it was somebody I had never seen before. Mm. And so they knew that if they were going to find him, they were going to have to rely on the help of the public. So the story became public very quickly. And that led me into a real wrestling match with my identity. And who am I? Am I damaged goods? Am I ever going to be loved? Am I ever going to be seen as more than just the girl who was kidnapped? Um, but, you know, Scott, I'm so grateful to say that um, even the detective who handled my case was a Christian. He invited me to College Avenue Baptist Church, where um, the following year in seventh grade, they had this epic life uh, group. Life group, we would call it now, but then it was the youth group. <laughs> they probably and, uh, still call it, it the youth group out here. You they know, probably uh, do. Yeah, you know, that's right. <laughs> let me just back up. So you're 11 when this happened. How mm-hmm. aware were you of the media attention that the story was getting and you know what did that play into the identity questions you were asking about yourself mm. well you know because i had walked straight back onto campus and um everyone was there right before school I mean, did you I just mean, go to class what did you do yeah that's a great question so i i did go to i went straight to the um, guidance counselor at the school the school had done a phenomenal job of saying who the safe people on campus were yeah and so i went straight to her and uh, mrs garcia and told her the whole story she immediately called the police and but the, but it was hard scott because you know i remember being two uh, boys that I had had crushes on, like immediately. And I, I mean, I looked like I had been attacked. You know, mm. I, I did black out at one point during the attack. I had been hit in the head. I had been choked. My hair was a wreck. And um, it was just, a, it was, it was a traumatic thing, I think, for everyone who saw me. And so the school knew that. Um, and actually, it, it was amazing. So this is, you know, you mentioned recently the Covenant shooting. I'm in Nashville now. Yeah. So you live in Nashville now. And and so right. that must have affected you. This is, of course, the school shooting that had the Covenant School uh, about three or four weeks ago. Right, um, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that must have impacted you in a way that was significant. Yes. Um, you know, hearing hearing about the shooting was um, really traumatic. In fact, I just decided to launch this podcast. And the whole thing is, you know, to, the Katie Speaking Live True podcast is about trusting God with what he's called you to do. And the exact day that I was planning to do my first podcast was the day of the Covenant shooting. And um, I was like, Lord, 
is this the time? Like, this is awkward. And then he gave me this download, which is like three steps for dealing with trauma in your community. Mm. And he's like, Katie, I brought you through that. He, and he remind this is, this is how kind God is that he reminded me of the things my community did well. And so even though there was a lot of immediate attention on this story, I re- I wasn't personally interviewed by the media. Um, they interviewed people around me. So they, they did protect me in that way. And then the people who loved me well, um, you know, I did get really good counseling. I did get loved on really well um, when I went back to um, church, actually the following year, the church we were part of, um, they didn't do a whole lot. But but the people that were in our lives, our neighbors, the teachers, mm. that community, they were outstanding. And so when the covenant shooting happened here, my heart broke for them, but it also um, gave me an opportunity to just kind of reflect on God's presence even yeah. in sorrow and about ways that he's going to use this traumatic traumatic experience in your life much later right so i, I want to back right. up just a little bit because i think when you're when you're telling the story about this mm-hmm. happening to you and you're 11 years old and and it's great that you went to the counselor that you knew who to go to that they called the police I and mean, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing you know one of the things that goes through my mind is this has happened to young girls who just go to class and don't tell anybody yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, part of your experience um, that God is leading you to, you know, we should mention that, that there are people listening mm-hmm. right now who have gone through tremendous mm-hmm. trauma. And by the mm-hmm. way, you're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Katie Smith, and you can find more out about Katie Smith by going to Katie Speaking, K-D-I-E, K-D-I-E mm-hmm. Speaking, dot com. And uh, if you'd like to call in and talk with uh, Katie, you can give us a call right mm-hmm. now, 888-528-2557. The number is 888-528-2557. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, you go through life. You mentioned your, you asked identity questions. And, you mm-hmm. know, and in tying this in, even with the Nashville shooting and the shooter was trans, mm-hmm. and there's a major mm-hmm. controversy because they're not releasing, you know, her, whatever the... Uh, what do you call it? The what's the word for that that I'm trying oh, to think of? Oh, it starts with an M. Manifesto, <laughs> manifesto. manifesto. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, but it's there's some reasons for that. It's tied up, I guess, mm-hmm. in some litigation. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of identity questions that mm-hmm. our culture is asking today that we weren't really asking back then, mm-hmm. you know, in a public way. But people still went through it. So, what kinds right. of identity questions were you were you dealing mm-hmm. with then? That, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I, I didn't know this until just a few days ago. Um, my son, who's almost 21, he was actually on the FBI website. And um, statistically, especially men who've been raped, um, struggle with identity issues. And so, and, and I did too. And my identity issues were, um, <laughs> you know, am I, am I, am I, does this mean I can never have a healthy relationship with a man? Right. Does does this mean um, I won't get married? Because I really, I even from a young age, I wanted to be married. I wanted to have a husband and a family. I thought that was like the best life you could hope for. And I was even a little bit afraid to hope for that um, because there was divorce in my family. But mm. but I wanted that very much. And um, and I and I felt the weight of that. Like oh, even as a little I, you kid, you know, I heard the oh yeah, I totally heard the lies. You know, like. Oh, yeah, and I hated being vulnerable. Like, I already hated being a girl. I had brothers, and so I was like, <laughs> I'm the only girl. I'm the youngest of many children, and I I just, I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to um, be delicate. I didn't want to, really, I didn't, didn't know how to be feminine in a way that wasn't wimpy. 
And I am so glad to say that God did not design femininity to ever be wimpy. And that's part of why I'm doing the Live True podcast, because I'm like, what does it mean? These are the questions we would need to be asking ourselves. What does it mean to be true to the desires of our heart as we live in light of Scripture? You know, um, when I did decide to get married, like, that was a courageous thing for me to do at that time. I was 21. Um, my I met my husband in Nashville at Belmont University, ended up at Belmont because the people that I met out of being raped and kidnapped. So God really did restore so many things. Um, and we've been married since 2000. I'm so grateful. Um, and that's something but, I think people should hear, too, is that you went through this yeah. period of questioning if I'm even going to get married right. and questioning yeah, yeah. even like your sexual identity. Am I going to be right. a lesbian now? Am I going to be, yeah. you know, what is... That's exactly what I asked People myself. go, and I think that's that's what so many people experience maybe with some different mm-hmm. questions here and there but um yeah. and but you got married um yeah. and you know at what point as you're growing up did this start to resolve for you that's a really good question i i think that you know one of the conversations that comes to mind is i was talking to my counselor in sixth grade and um San Diego has some amazing resources. One of them was, um, you know, if you've been raped, they will actually pay for you to have counseling. So I had counseling. My counselor was actually not a Christian, and she was living with her boyfriend. And and by the end of the the first year of counseling, I I confronted her, and I just said, you know, you're giving something away that is so precious. You're, You're giving away your body to this person, and he has no obligation to you, and you have no obligation to him. I was already calling her out. (laughs) as a 12-year-old at this point. And I remember my mom said, yeah, I think you're okay. I don't don't think you need to go to counseling anymore at this point. (laughs) So, you know, I I think because of that crisis, it just made me say, what is true? And how am I going to really live my life? This is not a joke. Really horrible things happen. And there is a reasonable explanation for evil in this world. And that's original sin. You know, yeah. and that Jesus really is the answer to that, that he is the one who honors us as we look to him and say, we are sinners. We're never going to measure up. You're a perfect God. We could never measure up to that. But he gives us his righteousness. God. He gives us his righteousness. He robes us in his beauty. Oh, my goodness. So I got that when now, I was 11. Now you got that when you were 11. I think that's something that's oh, yeah. really important for people to hear, because I'm sure that there are people listening, and you've mm-hmm. met people in your ministry mm-hmm. who had nothing to hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, and when mm-hmm. they go through the identity, the, any anytime we have an identity issue, the answer is mm-hmm. our identity is in Christ. And you, you got that's that right. when you were young. That's, right. that's a big deal. Yes. It's miraculous. I mean, during COVID, uh, the Lord led me to go back through my journal from seventh grade. And I was like, I don't want to look at that. You know, I don't want to see my sin. Mm. (laughs) I don't want to see my immaturity. But I looked back through it, Scott, and um, actually turned it into a book. Katie7thGradeprayerjournal.com is where you can find it. It's on sale Mm. right now. Um, And I I couldn't believe it. God had literally showed me the five truths about himself that I was living out. Maybe I couldn't have, I couldn't quite articulate those truths then, but there were five truths and, uh, and they're all connected to scripture. And so I was just like, wow, I got that at such a young age. That is such a, that is the work of the Holy Spirit through his word. I want to talk about that in just a minute. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Katie Smith. You can find out more by going to her website, katiespeaking.com and links to um, her 
social media and podcasts and everything is at katiespeaking.com. We do have a call. You want to take a call? I would love to. All right. Uh, Holly in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hello. Hi, Holly. You have a question uh, for Katie? Yes, I do. I think that the terms that we use are important. I was a victim um, by someone, and I just and I was at trial, and I was intimidated mm. to share. Mm. And it was I was a mess as a witness at first, but then mm. it came across that way. I am not a victim. I am a witness to the truth. This is a good thing that I can testify before God to the truth. Mm. And when I saw it from that angle, well, let's just say they didn't want me as a witness anymore. Yes, we have people, and this particular gentleman, Dave Freeman, I think it's important to name it, but that we have to remember who we are, that we are before God witnesses to the truth, witnesses to the, we're not victims, we are witnesses to the wickedness of this generation. Mm. And I think that builds a strength in us, and I think... They say survivors. I really don't like the term survivors. Like, oh, well, you made it through. No, you overcame. What is the word? When people go through a war and they, they get a medal of honor for mm-hmm. having gone through it, even if they come out with a broken leg, they, yeah, they survived, but they're, the courage, they're considered, mm-hmm. oh, what is the word that they use for people that are, uh, that we, valor? Pardon? The- they win a medal of yeah. valor, you know, and you don't get that for a lot of the things. Holly, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate those insights on there. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Katie, did you feel, mm-hmm. you know, when you listen to her, did mm. you go through that struggle of being a victim versus just being a truth teller to what happened? Mm. Yeah, I, I was angry. <laughs> I, I did not feel like, um, I did feel powerless. I did feel powerless, yeah. Um, but I But I also... You know, it was a wrestling match. I don't want anyone to think that, oh, you know, I knew the truth, so there was no challenge in that. I I mean, the enemy is insidious, and he's always on the prowl to find any, you know, weakness in us and any any way that he can deceive us and trick us into thinking that our lives don't matter and um, that we don't have purpose and we don't have value. One of my favorite verses is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And somebody, actually, um, the detective and his wife, um, who handled my case, were part of College Avenue Baptist Church in San Diego, and the youth pastor and his wife, they wrote that verse in my birthday card when I turned 13. And I've hidden that word in my heart because, wow, I needed that word. And this is why it's so important to be in the Word of God. And if if anybody who's listening that's feeling like maybe I should get involved in youth ministry, if you are um, not prone to temptation and weakness, then yes, you should get into youth ministry. And that's an interesting <laughs> comment that you you made right there, though. If you're not prone to temptation mm-hmm. and weakness, you know, we're going to take a break in a minute. If you want to talk to Katie Smith, her the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I want to ask you about, when we come back in just a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. uh, about ministry to uh, particularly junior hires or junior high girls. I always found in ministry mm-hmm. that that age group might be the hardest like I, I think about this. See that maybe that's just for me because I remember I get invited to speak at different places, right? And the only place I remember not being invited back was the junior high ministry. 
They're like, thank you very much. We're never asking you to come back here. And I and they were right. I just completely didn't get it. And uh, maybe that's because when I was in junior high, I was you know going door to door for some politician or something. And I was a weird kid. But, um, <laughs> you know, Katie, you what you're doing, it matters. I, I uh, had an opportunity a year ago to drive. My son was in the seventh grade last year and mm. their school was doing a Knott's Berry Farm trip. And mm-hmm. I was one of the drivers. And in the van that I got was my son, one other boy and eight girls. Mm-hmm. Eight seventh grade girls. And when I think of that trip um, and how crazy that drive was, <laughs> you know, and then I think about uh, what you're going through and what you went through at that mm-hmm. age, it is a, a shocking thing. So I th- mm-hmm. and I think that it's happening not exactly not always the way it happened to you, but people are getting assaulted mm-hmm. online. They're getting assaulted with pornography. They're getting assaulted with all right. social media the bullying, a whole bunch of stuff that uh, you probably didn't go through. Uh, exactly that same thing. So when we come back, uh, I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about your prayer journal for 7th graders. Yeah, absolutely. All Thank right. you, Pastor Scott. You're welcome. We're going to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. If you want to call Katie, Katie Smith is my guest. You can learn more at katiespeaking.com. It's K-A-T-I-E, speaking.com. And we'll take your calls for Katie. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, my guest is Katie Smith. And Katie has been telling us her story. Katie was raped as an 11-year-old behind her middle school. And fortunately, she went in and talked to a counselor and who called the police and steps were taken and all of those things. And we were talking, Katie, a little bit before the break about the identity questions that you were asking about yourself sexually. Am I going to get married? Am I going to be lesbian? Am I going to be? There's so many different mm-hmm. questions. You know, and those questions, an 11-year-old you know, might barely be thinking about without what happened to you, but then it's it's primary. You mentioned you even on your way to the guidance counselor, you even saw a couple of guys that you had a crush on. Mm-hmm. I mean, immediately that cross those things cross your mind. We're living in a time, Katie, where uh, the the impact of pornography, the impact of social media, uh, the impact of what children, little children, eleven year olds and younger have access to is mm-hmm is new. And I think that has a lot to do with the identity questions that people are having. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this whole trans movement that many Mm -hmm. people think, particularly for girls in high school and and even boys too, it's a, it's a contagion thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think about that? Is that Mm -hmm. something that when in your ministry now that you have to Mm -hmm. seventh grade girls, Mm -hmm. how is that impacting them? Yeah, well, it's really interesting. You know, I, I mentioned, um, you know, if you're being tempted, don't go into junior high ministry or high school ministry. And what I mean is if you're if you're tempted sexually, right. if you know that you have a sexual addiction, if you know that you're giving into porn on a regular basis more than, you know, I, I just I have a no porn policy in my own life. Um, my husband is the well, same I think way. You need to have a no porn policy and everybody yeah. should have a no porn policy. Okay. 
And then, of course, exactly. if you're dealing with kids, you know, and, and let's face it, that's a it's a problem in churches as well as it is okay. YMCA's and everywhere else. Right. The sexual abuse. Right. right. And porn, right. I think, has a lot to do with it. Yo, and you'd be right. You know, they, the statistics say that um, pastors are just as likely to have a porn addiction as someone who's secular. I mean, when that is the reality of the church that we're dealing with, we have to deal with what do we do with the grief and the uncomfortable feelings that we're having so that we're turning to Jesus instead of turning to these other vices, because they will take us down. Yes. They will take us down, and it will. It's not something that you can hide forever, right? And it's going to. Right. It manifests, and this yeah. is this has been you know in, in our conversation, in two different ways. It manifests in people who who attack kids, um, mm-hmm. but it also manifests in the kids themselves who maybe they haven't gone through the traumatic things that you have, but they are dealing with a lot of the same things because mm-hmm. of the porn or things that right. are a part of their social media. So when you're talking to kids today, 2023, mm-hmm. they're dealing with things mm-hmm. that I think for many of our audience, it wasn't even available really right. when we were kids. And now it's prevalent. Right. What's right. the, well, how do you the, deal with that? Thing, yeah. Well, the thing to know is that, um, especially with uh, sexual temptation, it's not like the train isn't going to go off the cliff. It will go off the cliff. And the, the issue is at what point in someone's life is it going to destroy them? Right. And if the destroying of them might not only it, pro- it probably almost guaranteed won't look like only them being destroyed, but them destroying somebody else's life. Um, you know, there's this horrible story about Ted Bundy, who was a serial killer. And he says that he got his start in the, th- the um, evil, wicked thrill of killing people. It started with finding a um, a pornographic magazine That's in a right. trash can. And neighbor. this is in a time when there was no internet access, so right. it wasn't you know as prevalent. But it's what started him right. up. He talked about that. That's right. That yes, and that that interview uh, with the night before he died, Doctor James Dobson interviewed him. You probably remember that yeah. interview. It's on YouTube. And it's just chilling because he says that's where it all started, that the the killing, the raping, the mutilating of women, and I'm not sure if he um, also mutilated men. But my point is, um, porn is not a secret indulgence. It will find its way out. You know, the Word of God says that what we do in the dark will be made known in the light. Mm-hmm. And so we we have to keep a watch on our shadow. For those who are God's children, this is actually good news because we know we need to be saved <laughs> yeah <laughs> we know that we need help and we can go to jesus for help go to celebrate recovery for help find somebody who will support you find a group of people and just have a no porn policy there was a man in my church about 10 years ago who decided to have a no porn policy in his life and he was so frustrated this one day with the um you know the pervasive thoughts and the temptation he literally took a hammer and smashed his cell phone Mm. Yeah, that that, that matters. Funny. But when I was a, a young adult pastor, I used to confiscate laptops from uh, guys, mm-hmm. and I had, I had an entire cabinet in my office full of guys' laptops because uh, mm. that's what you oh. had to do, right? You just had to take away. You know, this was before everybody had. There was no cell phone. There's no certainly no smartphone. Um, God bless you for doing that. You know, you're the first pastor that I've talked to who's doing that or who's done that. Yeah, well, I had a stack. Imagine how I many. You called to a crusade, Pastor Scott. <laughs> you know, so you know, you went through this. I, I want to get to you know, how do we help? Because I think it's it's horrifying. I think as a, and I'm a parent of a junior 
hire who's about to be a high schooler <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, another one who is going to be a junior hire. This whole subject is is frightening. You, right. in God's leading in your life, he led you mm-hmm. as a kid to journal. And I don't know yep. that kids are doing that today. Maybe their social media access might, they wouldn't see it that way, I think, but maybe they're putting mm-hmm. down thoughts, they're writing things down in a different mm-hmm. way. You went back and you looked at it and mm-hmm. you published a book about the seventh grade prayer journal, basically. Uh, what's the name yeah. of your book again? It's Katie's Seventh Grade Prayer Journal. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, that's it. Katie's and seventh grade what did you discover in there when you went back and you read that stuff? Oh, man, it was so good. Um, first of all, I, I thought it would be nothing but condemnation. And instead, what I saw was here is the God of the universe who is affecting my heart and mind in such a way that I want to tell him what's happening in my life. And so for those who are listening, if you have a child or a young person who's feeling drawn at all to the Lord, nurture that, encourage that, support that, ask them how you can encourage them in their faith. Um, and it's probably going to look like you taking your faith more seriously, mom and dad or pastor or youth pastor or whatever, like Jesus loves us so much. And the more we spend time with him, the more we want to spend time with him and the more he fills us and keeps us from giving into the things of this world. Um, so the, there are five points, Pastor Scott, that God revealed to me as I read back over this, this journal, five truths. And these are the things that you teach young kids today. That's right. When I go and I speak um, for groups or conventions or conferences, whatever, this is what I'm talking about, these five truths. And I just get so excited about it because the first one you point to your head and you say, God is thinking about you. And, and then I have the audience repeat, God is thinking about me. And that's based on Psalm 139, 1 through 18. And then we read it. And then I challenge them to read it every day, morning and night, because there's so many verses in there about God's care for us and his intention for our lives. And when you know that, social media isn't the draw anymore, because you're like, man, there's a God of the universe, and he has written a whole book for me. And these people on social, who knows what their interest is? But the reason we go to social is to get that connection hit, right? It's to feel like we matter. Someone is thinking about us. And so when we realize from Psalm 139, 1 through 18, that God is thinking about us, that is just attractive. (laughs) Yeah, you have searched me, you know me, you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You know, the whole thing, that matters a lot. That's a great verse. So you begin by saying, teaching the kids, God is thinking about you, and then what's next? Yeah, next is you clasp your hands together, and I get everybody to clasp their hands together, and I say, God is the best friend you could ever have. And then we read Romans eight twenty six through 30 and 35 through 39. And it's just, it's so good because it's talking about his plan for you and his love for you. And it's, it, oh, it's so good. And the fact that he's that's, your friend, uh, right. that's huge for kids. I had a friend, I have a good friend who talked about how he was bullied in middle school and how miserable he was. Mm. And what got him through was the idea that Jesus is his friend. Uh-huh. And it's a profound testimony that that's what got him through the hard challenges in mm-hmm. uh, middle school. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, confession time. Like, even for me, like, during seasons of stress the past six months, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I have these truths. And I'll go, I'm not even kidding. I'll pick up my book, flip to the back of the book. That's where all these are printed out. That you got out. in the seventh grade. That's right. That's yeah. Okay, we're almost out of time. What are the last three? So God is thinking about you. God is your best friend you could ever have. And then what's number three? Right. Number three is God's love will soften your heart. And that's from Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, which says, um, I, you know, you have a heart of stone, but I will give you a heart of flesh. 
And that's what God did for me. He healed me. I was so angry. I mentioned that I was angry after the attack, but God healed my heart. He gave me a heart of flesh. And ultimately, I um, went and spoke to rape victims in Africa, you know, just compelled by the love of Jesus to go spread the news of his love for them. And I did that as a 16-year-old because God broke my heart, not just for myself, but for other people who were suffering. Um, God can do anything. Number four was um, what you are going through right now won't last. And it's from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. And man, when you meditate on that, it's like, okay, every day becomes easier because I know this is just a season. That is so important to know because we get so, when we're going through something, it can be so miserable. You've got to have an eternal light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then number five is that God cares about everything about you. And that goes back to Jeremiah 29, 11. And I include um, verses 12 and 13 and 14, because it talks about how God responds to our hearts. When we cry out to him, he will hear us and respond. Yeah. And it's the long-term plan. I mean, this doesn't happen overnight, right? It took you some time, but but now God is redeeming these terrible things that happened to you and letting you use them to help uh, young people uh, every day in your life. Yeah, I am on a mission now to declare the goodness of God over as many people as I possibly can, especially around their sexuality, that God has created us male and female, and that he loves those genders, and that he wants those genders to flourish and be in unity for those who are called to marry. Well, Katie, I want to thank you for joining me on the Pastor Scott Show today. And the best way to get in touch with you and to uh, find a link to your book called Katie's Seventh Grade Prayer Journal, which you can find on Amazon, Mm -hmm. of course, but you can also uh, get Katie and uh, her podcast and uh, other information at katiespeaking.com. It's Katie with an I-E, katiespeaking.com. And uh, Katie, thank you so much for joining me today, and thank you for your ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you. All God right. bless you. God bless you. Thanks for being with me on the Pastor Scott Show. All right, that is Katie Smith, and uh, what a story! It's a it's a uh, it's a it's a story that needs to be told because there's a lot of you I know who are going through stuff that is secret. You know, fortunately she told somebody, but so many of you are going through secret struggles that maybe you only know about. I think that what Katie is doing is something that can help you. So go to uh, katiespeaking.com, Katie with an I-E, katiespeaking.com. All right, Pastor Scott Show will be back with more, and I'll take your calls. I see a couple calls on the board there as soon as we return as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, guest. it's good to be back with you today. Hey, we're uh, having an hour. We're talking about serious things and how we get through some, some trauma. And if you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Donnie in Encino, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Scott, this is Donnie. How's it going? Good, Donnie. How are you? I'm doing well, man. You know, I just got to say I was pretty touched by your last uh, guest talking about her experiences uh, spreading the word in Africa, talking about uh, her just her general experiences with the Lord. I, I really uh, felt connected with that. And then her last little comment about all this gender nonsense uh, really spoke to me. Um, I'm a big proponent of... Uh, uh, protecting the kids that uh, I think every Christian should be, right? Yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, and so part of part of my Christian faith, one of the people I've been listening to a lot lately is uh, founder of Stop the Steal, great Republican, Ali Alexander. Um, I, I was reading earlier about how uh, he's apparently been sending pictures and messages to underage boys. All right. I don't know. And, uh, I don't know uh, anything about that. But this is somebody who you looked up to who is uh, having some kind of uh, accusations of that kind of thing. Yeah, this is crazy. I had no yeah. idea about it. I thought he was a great uh, Christian. I've been listening to him to inform my faith. Mm. And so uh, I, this is starting to become a pattern that's really causing some doubt in my mind. It seems like a lot of these Republicans that I follow, the most uh, vocal of them that are really uh, out railing against the whole trans uh, gender ideology, it seems like, and, and most of the people, you know, throwing around the slogan of protecting our kids, it seems like a lot of those people are actually involved in, like, harming our children. And I'm wondering, as a Christian, what I can do to kind of sort out the the people who are actually concerned with God versus the people who are uh, using this crusade to actually uh, benefit to me, their, to, own sick, their own sick means. You, well, know? you know, it's uh, wild that there are multiple know. high-ranking Republicans that have come out as uh, child abusers. Well, there's people who are uh, child abusers kind of uh, across the board, and I think that the, the what you're getting at is something that does cause a lot of trouble for people, because these things well, make the news. So many high Republican child abusers. Well, I don't know, uh, but I, I thank you for your call. I don't know that there's more Republicans than Democrats, but there are Republicans and there are there have been people in the church. You know, part of the conversation we had before was why you need to not be involved with youth ministry if you've got these troubles. I mean, we used to say in our church, you know, in God we trust, all others are screened. And we would not let anybody be involved with kids or youth ministry who did not take a, a background check. And if you objected to the background check, well, for sure you're not going to be involved. And, you know, the thing is, and another point I would make here is the pornography conversation that we were having. It is affecting people. I think that the pornography issue has an awful lot to do with a lot of the violence. It has a lot to do with the questions about gender that people have. You know, people have always felt, you know, as they get into puberty, questions about themselves and concerns about themselves sexually and other things. Those things are are normal, but I think that they are exacerbated in our culture today because the the pornography, the access to sexual things happens at a young age, which the studies say are bad. And so there's a lot of people who would come out and claim to be for kids, or you see the same thing in, in multiple issues, who maybe they are, but they also have a personal struggle, and you just can't you just can't go there. You have to identify that you have a problem. And because you have that problem, there are other places for you to serve. I had a ministry one time that uh, it was it was 30s ministry, right? So single single people who were over 30 was the ministry. And they got together and I was overseeing the ministry. It was one of many in a big church, okay? So I was the pastor that was connected to that. And you know, they got together and what one of the things that they wanted to do and this church was in a inner city neighborhood, and there was a lot of homeless, there was a lot of prostitution, there was a lot of stuff going on in that neighborhood, drugs and all kinds of stuff, right? So there was a lot of ministry in that church for people who were going through that stuff. Well, this group of 30-year-olds, mostly men, they were mostly guys, they came to me and they said, we have figured out our, our missional area. And I said, okay, what's that? They said, they're going to minister to the prostitutes, 
that are right on the street where the church is located. That's what these single 30-year-old, 35-year-old, 38-year-old men decided was the ministry that they were being called to. And I had to say, I don't think God's calling you to that. I don't think that God is calling the 30-something singles guys to minister to the prostitutes. Now, they might have been very serious about this. I'm trying not to laugh because it seems like such an absurd thing that you wouldn't get that. And you know what? The argument was, well, you know, no one's reaching out to these people, and they need Jesus. And you know what? 100% right. That is absolutely true. Every one of these groups out there, whoever you are, they need people who are going to minister. They need people who are compassionate. They need people who can do it. But you know what? The 30-year-old, 35-year-old single guys, probably the prostitution ministry is not for you. (laughs) It's just not. Uh, And I had to ax that. In fact, I think we canceled that whole ministry and started something new. It was just going down the wrong. And I honestly think that there was a part of them that was like, you know, I, uh, I think this is really what is happening, but I don't think so. There is there is a discernment that needs to be taken, and something that our guest earlier, Katie, was talking about is that if you've got this particular issue, the, even even though your your opinion might be right, even though you think that this is worth your time, uh, you have to have discernment. You do not lead yourself into uh, temptation here. And in the bigger subject here of uh, the the pornography. I think that it's pervasive, and I think that what we are seeing in anger, what we're seeing with the lack of uh, of the gender issues, the identity issues, a lot of what is being said today. In fact, uh, we'll probably talk about this tomorrow, but one of the big issues that is happening in our, you know, that the government is dealing with, the Surgeon General is dealing with loneliness. I don't know if you saw that that study, but Americans are super lonely, and it's deadly. It creates a whole lot of other personal problems. And the reason that the Surgeon General is putting out is that we used to be a culture that was very serious into traditional family, and we used to be a culture that um, had better relationships with one another. And, and, you know, now we're a culture that goes to church less, goes to different kinds of community organizations less. We're less inclined to help each other out or to serve each other in different ways. And we stay alone, and we have social media that you know, social media really ought to be something that helps you socially, but uh, it doesn't. The interesting thing about social ministry or uh, media is that it isolates you further. And another thing that has isolated people is the pornography. And it changes their approach to people because it's dehumanizing. And when I say it's dehumanizing, it's not just dehumanizing for the people who are performing it. It's dehumanizing for the viewer. All right. It's in fact, it's an interesting thing. If you go to your Bible and you look up the story where Jesus is talking about, you know, uh, if somebody sues you for your your cloak, give them your tunic as well. The idea is that you would be standing there naked, um, and the idea there is that if somebody is you know harassing you in court, basically, or taking everything you have, uh, every single thing you have, including your coat, you know, well then give over everything. And then the idea is that when you do that. You are standing there not wearing anything, but people in that culture would have realized something, that the person who's actually doing the worst thing there is not the person who's standing there naked. It's the people who are looking at that person. It's the people who are viewing it, right? It's the people, they're the ones who are losing their humanity. They're the ones who have to take a look. And so I would encourage you, 
and I realize this is a huge problem for people, and it's not just outright pornography. It's also the movies and TV and lots of things that are related with this. It's damaging you, and it's taking away your humanity. It is damaging how you view other people. This is what the studies actually say. And you need to shut it off. You need to get help. There are lots of different resources online to help you. There are lots of different um, things that really impact things. I'm going to take a call here real quick before we're done here. Uh, Steve in Riverside, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Steve, you with me? Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm just out of curiosity. We're talking about all these vices, uh, this refusing temptation. I'm wondering if, if this is the theme we're going with, why are we not talking about this Ali Alexander guy? I don't know who that guy is, and I think that's the same guy who called before. You know, I think I think that, you know, if you're listening and you just want to make it political, you know what? You go after those people. I think that if they're on the right, they should be called out for what they're doing. If you're on the right, you should call those people out. And if you're on the left, you should call those people out. And I think that it is a critical thing to do because Jesus told us to take the log out of our own eye. And that's a personal thing, right? Before we can see clearly enough, take the speck out of our our neighbor's eye. But one of the problems in our politics is we just want to take the the speck out of our neighbor's eye and not deal with the log in our own. And that's true for our own party. It's true for our own people. And I think that's a, a uh, important thing to do there. Anyway, what I was saying is deal with it in your life, the porn. It's affecting you. It's affecting your attitude. It's affecting your relationship. It's affecting your marriage. It's affecting lots of things. And there is help and there is recovery from those things. But you need to take care of that. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. If you want the podcast, go. You can get the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also get it at kkla.com. Download the KKLA app, and uh, you can always listen right there. Plus, this show also streams on kkla.com or kprz.com if you're listening in San Diego, and you can stream it on apps, your favorite radio app, wherever you are. All right, we'll be back for Hour 2. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Wednesday edition. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.